Hey everybody, welcome into the Action Sports Jacks Pile On Podcast. Brent Morton, Dan Hicken, and let's talk some college football, everybody. <laughs> we got Georgia and Florida in for a top Woo! 10 matchup in, in the country. College game day coming, SEC. Tim Tebow will be here. Party at Timmy's. Oh yeah. Uh, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party is on the way. All right, we'll talk about that in a moment. First, the Jags, major problems. Quarterbacks benched, quarterback controversy, locker room. Mm, some arguments in there after the game have to be separated. Some players, uh, it's a mess right now in Jacksonville, and it's going downhill. How far will the slide go, Dan Hicken? Wow, that's a great question. Can they turn it around? This is a team that went to the AFC Championship game last year and we thought had improved themselves. Now, look, they're beat up due to injury. However, with that said, they should not be playing this poorly. And the quarterback lost it. He's lost it. I, mean, I don't know if he can. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is for him. I don't know what the answer is for the defense. Everybody deserves some blame, Brent. It's not just Blake Bortles' fault. Doug Marone said so, and he's right. I mean, look, receivers drop balls when he does deliver them. Um, I thought the offensive line did okay today, quite honestly. And the defense did okay today, but not great. They don't get off the field, they don't cause turnovers, they don't sack. Uh, 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 limited to Sean Watson, who rode a bus from Houston to Jacksonville to play in this football game. So, can they fix it? Well, we're th- they're three and four. They probably have to go ten and six because they have to. I don't think they're going to win the tiebreakers in the division because of the losses. So, if you got to get to ten and six, you do the math. That's seven and two. Yeah, find me the wins. Four of them in the division. You got to win the rest. In the division. Again. So you can't lose in the division. That's four. That but gets you say, to seven. And by the way, once you say that, then they probably won't win the division. Because when are they going to beat Tennessee? When are they going to, you know, are they going to go to Houston and win? Well, the, the thing about it is when they play those guys, if you're right by then, yeah. then you totally feel different about it. That's the Two way the NFL Indy. works. Okay, let's say you win all those four. Are you going to beat Pittsburgh? Probably not. I can't. I don't how you could say that right, right. now. Um are they going to beat the Eagles next week? I don't think you can say that. Right. Uh, I think, could you say they could beat Miami later in the year? I think so. Yeah. Washington, Washington. at home. Washington could. looks pretty good. But, yeah. again, you got this is if they're playing good football Correct. at some point. Right. So, uh, down the stretch, gives them some time, and there's a couple more wins. That gets them to nine. I don't know. What am I missing? Oh, Buffalo. So, yes. Is it feasible? Yes. But they don't, they're running out of time to turn that around. Correct. And uh, I think if you could – you have to get to the bye week. I mean, they need the bye week. They, because after the bye week, we assume Leonard Fournette's coming back, Carlos Hyde. Then they can at least structure an offense. Right now, they have no offensive well, I got news for you. structure. Carlos Hyde is all systems go in London. Oh, no, he will be ready yeah, to go. I, yeah. I just don't – I can't sit here and tell you that he changes them no. offensively. No. I think the combination of him and Fournette and then Yeldon as a third down back and all that, you could assume in Indianapolis on November 11th, now that might change them as an offensive team. Mm-hmm. I think you could assume that. Right. Uh, because, right, we saw it today, right? They can't do anything. They're dropping passes. Keelan Cole is, is very inconsistent. Uh, they don't have guys that can make plays for you. But they ran, 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 and you even were questioning, like, run, where's the imagination? But the the result of that was they were on their own 10-yard line. Right. They play action faked, and I think they hit Moncrief on the play 15 for 15 yarder. yards yeah. to kind of get out of their own end. 
Well, that's the only time we saw play-action fake. You know why? Because they have no threat back there in the backfield. Their whole offensive identity is built off play-action fake and running the ball, and they cannot do it. And, and, the last time and that's threw... not an excuse for the quarterback or no. the offensive coordinator. I'm just saying that's time... what it is. What was the last time they threw the ball down the field? They really don't. We were trying to figure out today was like a 12 – unless they had some garbage play today at the end, but I thought like a 12-yard pass might have been their longest play. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Moncrief did have a 24-yard pass, but the actual pass went about six yards. And he ran up It was a crossing line. pattern. Yeah. So, you know, we come back from the, the Jags game today. Of course, everybody in town's disappointed. And you were watching the highlights on some of the shows. Right. And it's just amazing, even in the losses, the amount of plays guys make in the NFL. Right. Dan, I cannot think of in the three weeks a play this football team has made. Uh, I mean, you could say T.J. Yeldon made a nice catch today diving for that touchdown. I'll give you that. But you get my point. I think Ronnie I, Harrison had a play that was, quote, above the X's and O's. Yeah. Other than that, but you're right. But what would you show on the highlight? Well, I mean, like, we, just, nothing. We, we watched Kareem Hunt with a 15-yard run where he was stopped. He got loose. He uh, hurdled the guy, drove the pile five yards back. We I mean, DeAndre Hopkins made a play today. Yeah, he sure did. You know? Um, and listen, those defenders got – listen, the fumbles came because Blake was trying to do too much. Right. And he was trying to get a first down. And both times he would have had it. Yeah. But he didn't take care of the ball. Well, and you said, what does he have, eight turnovers in the last three weeks? Three weeks. Eight yeah, turnovers. Can't do it. And listen, they're dead last in the NFL. And the problem is they can't mitigate any mistakes because they're not forcing any. And right. to my point, Tayshawn Gibson misses a clear interception today. And so you can't, you've got to make a play. That's yeah. a highlight. We show that on TV. Well, now we're showing you missing it because they can't make a play. So I, I, think, uh, I, I think that's what's interesting. Okay, we haven't answered the question. Who's the quarterback next week? Yeah, it's a great question. I, I tend to think they go back to Blake. I think you differ with me on this one. Um, and maybe I think if you go with Cody Kessler – what is the message? We screwed up signing Blake to a contract, and now we're stuck, and we're going to give this kid a shot, or we don't care who we sign, how much we pay. We're going to play the best guy. Yeah, I do think this. I think Doug Marone is a guy that says, I'm worried about next Sunday. I don't care about all those storylines. I understand those storylines get sure bigger. didn't seem like they were worried about today. I, well, but Or last but, Sunday. But I just think he's a guy that doesn't care about that. Well, yeah. Okay, so here's the thing. You think Blake, and I get your point. And actually, I lean toward Blake initially because mm-hmm. if you take Doug Marone's remarks, he said, I would like to pull all 11 guys off the field. Sure. He said what you said. Everybody's making mistakes. But the goal was to – light a damn spark in the team by taking the quarterback out and everybody goes, whoa, now I have to, I better start playing or I'm next. Right. And so that's what his intent was. So I would say, okay, well, that wasn't mean he was benching because he was tired of Blake's play. But then I heard something in Cody Kessler's interview after the game. Somebody asked him, what did Doug say to you? And he said, Doug said, all right, you're up. Go do what you do in practice. Don't turn the football over. And I thought, I caught that and I said, you know what? They are last in the NFL in turnover ratio. That must mean Blake might be turning the ball over in practice, too, and this is translating into Sundays in the game. And what is the number one thing they need to do next Sunday in London? Not Not turn turn the ball over. So if he's more comfortable with Kessler not turning the ball over, forget about producing. Right. I'm talking about A, number one, not turn the ball over. I lean toward Dan. I think he might do that at least for next week and go to Kessler. Cody Kessler had 30 pass attempts today and finished with 156 yards. He doesn't drive the ball down the field either. 
Um, that's five yards an attempt. That's not near good enough for the National Football League. It's it's frustrating, man. I'm just so, that's because it's not on the quarterback. I'm only. so damn disappointed in this team. I'm so uh, bummed. I really thought they had something special, and they did last year. And they were a young, brash football team that everything came together. You know, it's easy to bash Leonard Fournette right now, but people forget he scored 14 touchdowns last year and counting the playoffs as well was over 1,000 yards rushing, and they wouldn't have got to where they got without him. They need him. They practiced all training camp with him. The idea was to have a two-back set even more. It hasn't materialized, obviously, with all these injuries. You can't blame the injuries, but you have no – you know – you're down to your third left tackle. You got a backup quarterback in there because of poor play. That was reality, too. I mean, you it, said it. Yeah. Kessler is throwing to David Greenwich yeah. with Jamal Charles back at, like yeah. blocking for him. I mean, uh, nobody envisioned that. No. So that, that's not an excuse. Again, I say there are excuses and then there's reality. Right. That is reality. It is reality. And, and that's why even Kessler, Bortles, whoever you throw in there, Joe Montana. Joe Montana would have trouble scoring 25 points with this team right now. Right. I mean, they're bad on offense. They're bad. And and I will say this, Kessler seemed to get rid of the ball a little bit quicker. He did. I think Blake got a little tentative. I think, especially well, after... He's in the tank, man. Yeah, he can't get out of the tank. He's been in the tank for 15 months, but he's in the tank again. Yeah, after the fumble, uh, you know, I think he was even more so, I can't turn it over, I can't turn it over. And he wasn't letting the ball rip. There's no confidence there. He's shot right now. So maybe it wouldn't be bad to sit him for a week and then see what happens after the bye. I don't know. I do know this. This is year five. At some point, you throw your hands up and you go, we got to do something. This isn't – it's not working. And we thought maybe, you know, last December he played such good football. And then in the postseason, he didn't turn the ball over once. Not one time in three huge games against Buffalo, a really good Pittsburgh defense, and the New England Patriots, he didn't turn the ball over. And you thought, okay, you know what? The kid is finally – and I really thought that freewheeling uh, Blake Bortles, who you know was so good at UCF his junior year, was going to materialize here, and it just hasn't happened. Well, the first month of the year he was good. Yeah. I mean, go back three weeks, he yeah. was okay. I mean, against the Jets, against the Patriots. Yeah. I mean, that – that's why, I mean, he does, the bottom line is, and I've been a huge Blake supporter, defender, yeah. he does need stuff around him. They built yeah. this thing knowing he needs stuff around him. And I do think, like, t- today's turnovers were a guy that was really trying to elevate and make plays when nobody else was making plays, and you see what happens. It turns well, into mistakes. And, that you know, when Aaron Rodgers tries to make a play, it turns into a touchdown. He's a different kind of player. Sure. But if you're going to ask Blake to do that, well, now you're asking him to go outside of things that he's probably comfortable doing or can do is with his ability, yeah. and that's what it turns into. And well, that, does that mean he shouldn't be your quarterback? Well, that's that's fine if you want to debate that. Um, but you're asking guys to do stuff they can't do, and, and especially at that position, that's a dangerous situation. And, well, look, whether whether they go back to him or not with now, uh, what, what, how many games are we in here? Seven 17. games in. We got nine left. I think it's clear that, you know, there's going to be a need to do something in the offseason. Yeah. I mean, the just, problem is, like, we looked. I mean, this quarterback class coming out doesn't get you going. No, it doesn't. I mean, they'll draft you. one. Yeah. But it doesn't get you going. Yeah. You can't draft one in the seventh round, though, Brent. you got to draft one in the first well, or second first, round. First, second round. I mean, but uh, but again, it's not, it doesn't get you over the league. And by the way, they, they did Blake's contract where it's 
more team friendly. Yeah, it's fine. Um, so it's not going to kill them no. if they have to get out of it. He's guaranteed uh, twenty six and a half mil. I think is is the total that he's guaranteed. Yeah, and they can get out of some of that with some offset money and all this other stuff. That, that's too hard to explain. All it's right, it's just hey. a shame. It's a shame that it's gone this way. And the bigger picture to me is, I really thought this team would be competitive um, for the next couple years. Yeah, you got a good young defense with some nice veterans sprinkled in like Calais. And none of those guys have really performed up to task either on the defensive side of the ball. It's not the defense's fault. They gave up 20 points today. But the defense should look in the mirror too. The defense is not – listen, the Jags, the Jacksonville Jaguars the last three weeks, you'd be hard-pressed to find a team playing worse. It's hard in the NFL to not be in a football game. They have never led a game in the last three weeks. They have never been in a football game the last three weeks. The – uh, Chiefs were on them 10-0 before you could blink after two possessions. The Cowboys were up on them 17-0 uh, after three possessions, 24-0 after four possessions. And the Texans, once they got up two scores today, it seemed like they were up 15 scores. You knew they weren't coming back. Now 13-0, that was it. It was it. Um, and it was it, by the way. Yeah, it was. It was it. It was it. That was the game. Game. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. It, there's one more part of the Jags we have to talk about. Right. The other problem with this team is, are they immature? And are they about to break up? And are they about to point fingers and go off the rails? You were there. Uh, you were going in the media room after yeah. the game. They had to actually usher the media back out because Yannick Ngakwe and we believe Malik Jackson were getting into it verbally. Yeah. Uh, Calais Campbell had to hold Yannick Ngakwe back. Now listen, that doesn't mean, oh my gosh, this team hates each other. They're right. going to get in fights all the time. But it does give you a little bit of sense of the frustration, the added frustration, and that can teeter on the edge of disaster well, when you lose games. And and right now, it looks like they're going to lose a fourth game in a row next week against the Eagles. And if they do that, you're sitting on that for two weeks during a bye week, and you're sitting there pointing fingers and you're saying this offense is terrible. What are we supposed to do? These coaches aren't putting us in position. That's what happens. That's just that's what happens. Human in, nature. In, professional sports sometimes are we on the brink of that probably uh, look uh, paint a picture we're in the hallway of the bowels of the stadium waiting to go into the locker room there's a hallway that you once the door opens you go into the locker room but you're not in the locker room yet you have to walk kind of down a hall and then turn to the right to get into the locker room so they open the doors and they say okay men let's go and in we go and we're walking down the hall and all of a sudden you start hearing this uh, screaming and you're like, whoa, 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 what's what's that? And you're walking, and all of a sudden somebody says, stop! And you go, what? Back out. Uh-huh. And so we back out, and then we go out, and the doors close. And I saw Coach Marone, and he was going to do his press conference, and he looked back at it, and he had to go back in and, and see what the deal was. And when we finally went in, uh, you could tell Yannick was peeved, and Keenan McCardell was talking to him. And he was basically said, look, I'm fine now. I'm cooled out. You know, it's, it's, you know, so clearly there's, and, and look, if you watch the game on television, you saw Yannick Ngakwe talking. And if you could read lips, you, you understand what he was talking about. Favoritism was a word he was using. So it's a shame, man. It's just, uh, but that part of it doesn't bother me as much. It's more some of the things that were said to the media after everybody cooled down, that makes me wonder. Yes, and that being said, let's go to that. Jalen Ramsey decided to talk a little bit more than he's talked the last two times he's met with the media. You asked him a question, pressed him a little bit, and uh, here is that Q&A with Dan and Jalen Ramsey following the game today. Let me ask you this. Do you sense the frustration 
uh, in the locker room? I mean, are people... What you think, man? I would think, yeah. Y'all right, yeah. walk in here, y'all see how it is in here. Y'all see how we vibe with each other. Y'all see how we vibe towards the coaches. Y'all see how it is. This is no secret how what's going on here right now. Ain't nobody going to say it because, you know, we can't. But it ain't no secret what's going on. And it ain't, it ain't right right now. So it is what it is. So that's interesting. You know, and, and what does that mean? That's a good question. How do you take it? Do you take it as it's the coaches? Do you take it as it's Blake? Or it's you, the offense? You, I mean, take right? it as you got the, three options there, you think? Yeah, I, I, would, I would suspect. I mean, it could be every, offense as a whole. Because everybody knows what's going on. Well, do we? I mean, what is going on? Yeah, and there was you some know? rumbling. Remember, the, what the Jags did this last week, it was interesting. They went back to training camp-esque practices. Yeah. Doug Marone did, Wednesday and Thursday. They also went back to what they called fundamentals. That's why they went back there. But they worked them harder in the midweek than normal. They also had, like, assistant coaches, Dan, in the locker room, Wednesday and Thursday, kind of strolling through. And some of the media members, in fact, I didn't notice it, but the conversation took place. And then I was like, yeah, you're probably right. That – that doesn't that hadn't happened in the last two years. You were assistant coach. So what basically it was almost like they were babysitting at yeah. times saying, Are you guys doing what you need to do all the time? Right. And then on top of that, the tougher practices seven weeks into the season. So we start to wonder, did that rub players the wrong way? And there's some friction there between the staff well, listen. and the players. Or are the players just trying players, listen, great athletes will blame everybody but themselves. So are they saying the scheme's not good again or this or that? Or is it just the finger pointing at the offense? The so-called leaders of the team need to step up here and, and squash this. And, and get everybody. Campbell, Telvin Smith, Malik Jackson. Yes, they got to get those guys and nobody back, on offense, by back the way, on the right leader. page. Well, maybe it's time for Brandon Linder to step up and speak. You know, maybe it's time. Blake has a C on his on his jersey. You know, he's not playing well, but he can certainly speak up, and he seemed to be doing more of that at the beginning of the year. But uh, obviously, when you're not when you're in a slump, you're it's it's a little bit tougher. You know, T.J. Yeldon hadn't said a sentence to anybody in the media in, in three years, so he ain't gonna do that. It ain't, ain't gonna be him. But somebody, some of these guys need to step up, and 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 you know, lead. That's what leaders do. They have to lead. They have to fix things. They have to, you know, understand where everybody's coming from. And and it's a tough – the National Football League is a tough, tough business, man. That's why there's only a few of those guys. That's why only a few of those guys make really big dollars. One more thought on this, and don't lose sight of it. Mm-hmm. Doug Marone on Friday was not happy about the Leonard Fournette situation. Right. And to your point, Leonard Fournette has a C on his jersey, too. And he's played 45 snaps all season. Right. And again, this isn't knocking a guy that's hurt. Right. But I I maintained last week that I thought last week there would be this sense of maybe Leonard, not even 100%, maybe 80%, not ready to go fully with the idea that maybe the team was holding them back till after the break would say, hey, coach, it's time for me to play. I got like, to come help you guys yeah. out. Like we're, we're missing. I, I can be a difference maker for you guys. And so I wondered if that happened. But then by the Friday when Doug Marone commented and showed his displeasure basically with the questions about Fournette, mm-hmm. you could tell, well, that certainly hadn't well, happened. So I, I wonder if that's filtered in, Dan. Maybe they know that he changes their offense. So yeah. even the defensive players, I've been told, have gone up to him and said, man, we need you. Yeah. How, when are you coming back? Right. We need you. And again, it's not to say this isn't calling Leonard Fournette soft right. or anything like that, but it's like you're wearing the C, you're a vital part of that. When I mean, let's go. And I think there's a sense in that building of, all right, Leonard. And that's, by the way, hours later, 
They made the trade for Carlos Hyde. Well, I will say this. You know, we knew Leonard Fournette wasn't going to play. So I, I'm not sure why. Wait a the, minute. Wait a minute. You knew. Take you back a week. Yeah. There was talk that Leonard Fournette was running. Uh, yeah. You so you and thought there was 100 no he wasn't playing. No on chance Sunday? he's playing until after the bye. Oh, I didn't. And think that's so. a talking to you know some of the doctors that we talked to and such, and not not Jaguar doctors. I want to be yeah, clear, yeah. but anybody who's dealt with hamstring injuries, yeah. when he re-injured the hamstring, he went back to ground zero. Okay, that doesn't mean it's not like oh it was getting better. It's just a little setback. No, when you redo the hamstring, you go back to where you hurt. You go right back to the very beginning of where you hurt it the first time. Well, he hurt the hamstring, and how many games did he miss? He missed three, right? Three, essentially. Okay, yeah. so why would he come back after two? He's not going to come back after two. Yeah. And you got that bye week, and you got London. I think the thought process was, and again, things were a little bit rosier back then. True. We're three and one here. Let's get this is a tough quarter. Let's get a couple W's, get to five and three. Let's see where we're at and, and get have Leonard healthy for the second half of the season. Absolutely. I think that has been the plan all along. Now it may have changed as the losses and the pressure mount, but I don't think Leonard was ever coming back. And then today you see the reports coming it down that he's not coming back until after the after the Eagles game, which I also believe. Which now makes sense. I yes. mean, why fly over to London well, and do all that yeah. stuff? And blah. what's but the point? I just I don't even know if it's actually playing, Dan. I think maybe there's a little concern in there of just the the want. Is he? Well, there's a is, whole lot. You know, it, no, you're 100 percent correct. You know? There's a whole lot of concern about Leonard Fournette and and how he comports himself who he is with um w- when he shows up for things that he's supposed to show up for and Remember, what he was basically suspended at for what a game time does year. he show up for things he's supposed to show those kind of things and that's called immaturity and that's a concern and he's oh you have to understand Leonard Fournette has always been the big dog the guy Everywhere he's been, he was the best player in Pop Warner. He was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. The number one player in the country when he was recruited by LSU to go to LSU. So, And when healthy, he's a hell of a player. But he has not been able to stay on the field, and everybody's frustrated about it. Yeah, it seems like it. All right, that's the Jags talk. We're going to talk a lot about it. I head to London with the Jags, and I, I really wanted to trade out. Okay, I want to. You want to make a deal? Yeah, I want to make a deal. Um, I you go to that, London and I'll stay here. I probably, you know, listen. I probably would have gone to London this year, um, just because we we try to we try to trade things off and such. And you've ended up. I've been here now. This is my sixth year. Yeah, I wasn't eligible year one, so this would be my <laughs> fifth year. I was on I was on the dark side. I couldn't go. I was I was blacked out. <laughs> So this is my fifth year, and I've only been once. Yeah. So I was thinking, you know, I should probably go this year, and that was my plan until I saw the schedule come out. Well, I've been to every Florida-Georgia game, I think, since 1983, and I don't want to miss it. I want to keep my streak going. Yeah, so I'm a victim of you is basically a what little you're telling bit. me. A little bit, but I think you would And now been... I'm paying for it. Well, listen. This week. Yes, but you're, you, you, enjoy, you enjoy the travel stuff and going, but this is not going to be – this doesn't look like it's going to be that fun. <laughs> I'm gonna go I gotta be honest. Fulham. <laughs> it's listen. It's a hard. This is you know. Look, we're not complaining. We are blessed beyond blessed to be able to go on the road with the team, travel with the team, etc. It's a hard trip. Oh yeah, it's a true. tough trip, yeah, it's especially if you can't sleep on a plane. 
Well, and especially for me, like I like when there's a buzz around. Yeah. But right now, there's not a buzz around this thing. No, it's doom and gloom. I'll tell you what. I was in that state. One more note about the Jags. Yeah. Twelve forty-five before yeah. that game, it was like I was at church, man. It was like nobody. There was no energy in there. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, why is that? I mean, there Where's was that no energy. I in think the that bothered you more than the crowd. You were a little disappointed in the crowd, but I think the fact that right before the game. Here we are. You know, you're three and three. You got to play, man. You're 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 okay. First place game. It's a long season, man. Now they stunk it up, so you could well, fan, now, a lot yeah. of fans who didn't go say, "I told you so." I'm not calling out fans yeah. after that performance. No, no. Um, but but it know, did surprise me a little yeah. bit. The no energy. And, and by the way, a lot of people did tell me on social media, and they're right. It took a lot of people a while to get in again. SMG's got to figure that out. I mean, it's the, somebody's got to figure that out. And listen, people come late, okay? Right. Like, that's what happens. That's how we do it you here. You don't sit there an hour before the game and get We're in your the south. It's a beautiful day. And a lot of folks go to church, quite honestly. I know True. my wife and, and son uh, uh, go to church. And listen, there are there's some markets where, you know, you have to get there three, four hours in advance. That has never been the way here. So, no. you know, you've got to be able to... Usher people through and get them in. All right. Uh, we're going off topic. We're going to oh. get back to the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. But oh, yeah. Because I'll be in London, you'll be here. we got a ton of coverage. But it's yep. fun. I'm, I'm excited about this. Now, this is a game that's really kind of been a snoozer, doozer, dud yeah, you over like, the last few years. If you like buzz events, this one will have it. we got two top ten teams, which is awesome. Yeah. we got ESPN Game Day. Great. we got Timmy Tebow coming. That's cool. SEC Nation. Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, good stuff around Great this Hall event. of Fame class going in. Great Hall of Fame Aaron class. Aaron Murray, Alex Brown, yeah. uh, Percy Harvin. Yeah. And uh, who am I Bailey. missing? Uh, Bailey. Boss. Boss Bailey. Boss Bailey. Great class. Great class. So that'll be fun. So, yeah, it's going to be a uh, – listen, and, and hopefully a great football game. Yeah. Georgia early seven-and-a-half-point favorites. Is that um, what the line is? I forgot to yeah, look at that. Seven-and-a-half. Seven and okay. Uh, that surprises me. That's a little larger than I thought. Rightfully so. Georgia was a seven and a half point favorite against LSU as well. So, um, but I think you're going to get Georgia's best shot because I think Kirby and the coaching staff has their attention because they have not played particularly well all season long. Yeah. Or they, Florida has risen up to the moment. They played better than they are probably. Yeah. At times. Now, if Florida can somehow win this football game, the dynamic and the the script is really flipped for them in this first season under Dan Mullen, who suddenly becomes, you know, coach of the year in the SEC. I mean, my goodness yeah, gracious. Okay. He'd have to win it. I mean, the numbers are starting to be pretty good for Dan Mullen. Yeah. Again, let's go back to the conversations we had at the beginning of the year. We mm -hmm. said two things. It'd be nice to win. Yeah. But it would be really nice to light up the scoreboard. And they have gone from 108th in the country. Currently, they are 35th in the country in scoring offense. That's fantastic. So, I mean, they are not unbelievable in all the categories. Right. But that alone says a lot. And the defense and special teams have done a good job. But you still have to give credit to what they've done offensively. Um, I think we're in for a good football game. I, I, this was, again, this was like a three-touchdown game for me a month ago. No question. And now I'm not 100% I'm not convinced. It's a weird deal, I think, for Georgia. Because Georgia has a game plan of what they do well and what you think might work because they have better athletes, I think, and better roster than Florida. But it's one of those deals where you go in with that because you don't really need a plan B. But if it doesn't work early, it could really turn bad on you. And, and keep in mind, Mullen, he can pull out every stop possible. There's no pressure on Florida. How, how unusual is that for there to be no pressure on the Very unusual in I, this game? Let me tell you something. I think this is my 36th one in a row or something like that, some incredible number, 
which uh, which is cool. I'm kind of kind of uh, it's kind of my one streak I got left that you I'm should trying go to... in the Hall of Fame. Thank you, and I'm trying to keep going. Um, but I'll I'll say this: I've seen the underdog win this game numerous times. It can happen. So yep. especially in rivalry games, um, I've seen some incredible weird outcomes in this game. I'd like to see a really good game is what I'd like to yeah, see. Yeah, I remember last year, 42-7, to seven, so the that game second was half so was so over so fast. Yeah, first few minutes. I think Honestly, I think the first 11 plays, I think there were three touchdowns by Georgia. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Uh, by the way, this game will, will uh, trigger an interesting um, trend, right? There's always been streaks in this thing. Right. right? Well, the, the Gators are now, uh, at one time it was 27 out of, no, no, 17 out of 20 or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, right, they've won three out of four. Right. But – Georgia did win three in a row before that. Oh, yeah. So if Georgia wins this year, so they would go three, then lose three, then win two, Uh-oh. you'd say Georgia has won five of eight. But if Florida wins, you'd say they've won four or five in that whole 18. <laughs> you know what I mean? I so like it's it. pretty interesting. This one could kind of uh, set the trend. Yeah. And those trends have stuck. Yes. Like when someone gets on a streak, oh, yeah. the streak continues. Oh, yeah. So uh, this is it's, uh, an interesting game for Mullen because – uh, the good coaches at Florida, good coaches at Georgia, have done well in rivalry games. Good yes. coaches across college football. Yes. Well, this is a rivalry game. Yes. And first chance at Georgia from. It is such a huge game for Florida, and one that we really didn't envision Florida being in. So, I'm not sure they they're ready to enter this big boy college football yeah. situation. But what a neat feeling for those kids who haven't had this opportunity in years past. They're going to get visits this week from. Um, ESPN for like the first time in three, four years. Yeah. You know, cool. hey, what are you guys doing here? That used to be an every week thing in the old days. True. Highest ranking for Florida since 2015, by the way. Yeah. Unbelievable. Eighth in the country. Ninth? In- Wait, what are they? Ninth. Ninth. Ninth in the country, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, all right. Should hey, be that's, fun. Um, that's good. Uh, uh, bye bye, Ohio State this week. Yeah. Although they can but still very much, very much still in it. Yeah. Those big boy one-loss teams just can't lose again. Yeah, that's the way it works. Um, all right, we had a lot to get off our chest today. We did. Um, hope you have a good. I don't work feel week, better everybody. though. Yeah, I don't really feel that good either. I feel crappy. You know what the other thing is? Today was a really long day. Yeah. If you win and people are excited around here, it's okay. Then it's all right. If you're not, it's you're tired. Time I want to go take a nap. Yeah. And go home. A little napper would be nice. And maybe have an adult beverage. Okay. All right. I digress. Have a good week, everybody. We'll do our Take uh, Your Pick podcast with yes. some of the picks coming up. Uh, probably a little early this week because I head to London on Thursday. I'm coming Thanks like a freight listening. train in that one, by the way. <laughs> yeah, right. Thanks for listening to the Action Sports Jacks Pylon podcast. Brent Martin, <laughs> Dan Hicken, and your latest therapy session for oh. the Jacksonville Jaguars.